0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Ed and Bob Show, number one seventy-three. Good morning. Good morning. morning. We have
1: talked the whole day through. Good morning, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning.
0: Good morning. Mr.
1: Brantley, how are you, sir? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Yeah, exactly. Wherever you may be, you can be any time of the day. Well, um, 173 shows. Yeah. Wow. How about
0: that? Yeah. You know what I'm doing right now? Um, Let me think. You're eating dinner. No, I'm having Having lunch. Having a glass of Weigel's eggnog. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Ooh. i
1: bet they sell truckloads of that stuff during the holidays yeah it's good wow okay well we're into show number 173 i'm bob he's ed and before we jump in uh with both feet how are you been doing mr brantley
0: well i'm about the same i'm still you know can't hardly walk but it's that's what it is and that's what it is you know nothing to do about it i keep going to therapy and keep working on it but it's it's uh, it's a process, I guess.
1: Somebody told me the other day that sometimes getting old sucks. <laughs> tell, me, <laughs> tell me about it. Hey, well, hey, my left foot's numb from my, my back surgery still, so I've got, wow, you know, I can't feel good. anything in my left foot. So,
0: wow, you know, well, yeah, I, I just kind of, some days are good, some days are not so good when it's cold or wet all right anybody yeah. i just hang it, hang it
1: up just. <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen if you've never heard our show before we talk about just about everything and anything and yeah. we usually have an opinion wouldn't you say
0: oh i would say so that's true <laughs> <laughs> all right uh well
1: let's kick it off we um, with the news and things like that oh i did want to i put this in here on the list um ed and i were on knox county commission and we served on many boards. And one of them was the, um, pension Knox County pension and retirement board. And Ed served as the chairman of that board, but also serving uh, as the chair of that board for a while was a good friend of ours by the name of Rick Trott, who was the head of the aviation department, for Knox County, all the helicopters. And, um, he was a pilot and, uh, I put this in there because, um Ed, I just thought Rick Trot was one hell of a guy, and he passed away. This has been almost six months ago, I did not know, and I just wow. want to make sure people knew we saw it, and um I know
0: you remember Rick, oh, absolutely, sure did. I never got that helicopter ride, but the, uh, <laughs> that's okay, <laughs> yeah,
1: he was a long time um uh, employee in Oxnard Sheriff's Department, and we all miss him. I'm sure his, his, his family even yeah. more so. All right, what else happened uh, about this time? We, what we've been doing is looking back over the years of things that happened uh, about this time in previous years. What do you got?
0: Well, in 1558, Queen Elizabeth ascended to the throne of England at the age of 25. Wow, she reigned until uh, she was 69. Under her leadership, England became a world power, defeating the Spanish Armada, witnessing wow, the golden age God. of literature, featuring works by William Shakespeare, Edmund Spencer, and others. You know, wouldn't you?
1: And, would you know? She never had a normal life because she was born into it, and she yeah. never knew, uh, you know, what was to be a normal person. So, can you imagine being the head of England at 25
0: years old? No, and back then it was something else, too, because they had horse oh, yeah. and buggies and all of that, too. You know, back in 1558, it wasn't the same thing. Wow. In that's 1869, the Suez Canal was formally open. After now, that's
1: two- uh, that's right there to Egypt and all those countries there. Yeah, that, and the
0: Suez, yeah, the Suez the, Canal.
1: And I think Egypt controls the Suez Canal, or I may be wrong. I, I just-
0: yeah, I think the U.S. gave it to them. Is
1: that what it was? Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. How about this, Ed? Um, okay. Yeah, I know it's one of these topics that you love, the, um, the daylight savings time. Well, this is how the, the, the four zones we have across the United States. In 1883, a Connecticut school teacher proposed a time zone plan for the United States of four time zones. I never thought about this before then, like in a wild wild west, was it just they didn't care what time it was or it was the same time everywhere in the United States
0: I don't know, and that's an interesting question. I would imagine it drove the TV announcers the sports announcers crazy <laughs> It'd be eight o'clock eastern and nine o'clock central <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
1: I'd never have thought about that. I need to look into more of that um. Uh, Puerto Rico was discovered uh, at this time, 1493, on his second voyage to the New World. Isn't it amazing that they could get on those old wooden ships and cross the Atlantic?
0: Well, they wasn't more than 30 feet long, I don't think. but
1: And find out where they went before? That's right. I don't even see how they do that. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. This, what else you got? Fr-
0: well, this Friday, President Abraham Lincoln back in 1863, delivered the Gettysburg Address during ceremonies dedicating 17 acres of the Gettysburg Battlefield and the National Cemetery. Famed orator Edward Everett of Massachusetts preceded Lincoln to the microphone. He spoke for two hours. Well, you know, yeah,
1: Lincoln didn't speak for
0: very long, did he? No, two minutes. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) And those two minutes are the most famous two minutes in the world, I guess that's because oh, everybody in the back was going years ago. yeah everybody in the back was going thank god i hope he didn't talk very long <laughs> every school child had to memorize that
1: whatever he says let's applaud and get out of here yeah.
0: oh my god um what else in 1969 the first news reports emerged of that american troops in vietnam had massacred civilians at malay village back in march of 1968. What was
1: that guy's name? Lieutenant Callie or something yeah, like Lieutenant that. Lieutenant
0: Callie. That's correct.
1: Wonder what ever happened to him. Um, um wow. Um, 19, see, boy, that was in the news for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, in 1978, well, this was, this was weird. 1978, biggest mass suicide in history. When Reverend Jim Jones, he got over 900 of his followers to, um, well, and, you know, they drank Kool-Aid or something, didn't they, Ed? They all died from drinking right. the poison, yes. yeah, the so Kool-Aid. Then, mm. This was in Guyana. And, uh, they, you know, the kids drinking it. And uh, that was just, oh, God, I remember seeing that on TV. and the Remember that? The helicopter pictures of just bodies lying uh-huh. everywhere. Ah, late. That was disgusting. All right, give us something else. Maybe some of the good news. You got any good news
0: from oh, the back yeah, then? Yeah, here's one. The House of Representatives began an impeachment inquiry in President Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> it was only the third presidential impeachment inquiry in US history. That was in uh, November the nineteenth, it's Friday, nineteen
1: ninety eight. Now they impeach all the presidents. No, yeah, oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right.
1: Right. And uh, something I think we talked about before, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis that was John Kennedy's he you know he's he had already been uh, burnt by the Bay of Pigs and so he just instead of doing any military operations, he just surrounded Cuba with a naval blockade because they discovered u2's discovered um, missiles in uh, Russian missiles in Cuba
0: hmm wow i remember that all those kids in high school we all wanted to quit school and join the air force i mean join the marines yeah <laughs> well thank goodness we didn't no, no didn't really it. yeah that's all funny. right well
1: let's uh let's see ed we're moving along pretty good clip here let's go ahead and get into some questions of the day and we'll let all you right. start
0: i'll start okay bob i know you're really into all of this football stuff so i want to ask you this question you know if the college football playoffs are coming up pretty soon Does University of Tennessee football have an odds-on good chance to get in?
1: You know, uh, I think our chances are pretty decent, and that's because we may be the only team that's uh, defeated. What did did we defeat? Four or five ranked teams, and nobody else has played that many and, and won all the games, and some of them on the road. I mean, the LSU victory by, what was it, 27 points? That was huge. Yeah. Uh, With LSU doing well now. So uh, to answer your question, the last thing I saw was we had like an 88% chance to get in the playoffs. And Ohio State was at 87, which is weird. And the other thing, I think the committee, this is good for us. Let's say Georgia's number one. The committee will not want to put us at number four because number one plays number
0: four we've already played
1: them we've already played them and they'd really see so we'd have a better chance probably being number three and playing uh, number two whether it be michigan or Ohio state and then then you'd if we won that and georgia won we'd have the infamous rematch for the national championship game but guy hey, are going to be a lot of ifs ands or buts happen between now and then as you and i both know we've seen We've seen Tennessee lose to Vanderbilt yeah, that's before.
0: That's true. That's so, true.
1: <laughs> nothing guaranteed, is there?
0: No, there's not. But it's fun to watch, isn't
1: it? <laughs> it is fun to watch. I agree with you. What's your All right, about- Ed, here's my question for you, and everybody that's listening should think about this. What are you most thankful for this Thanksgiving? Because I think it changes every year maybe a little bit. So what are you thankful for?
0: I'm thankful for my family, um, my grandkids. They're just the sweetest things and just the gleam in my eye. And also I'm thankful for all the friends from over the years and the people staying in touch. And thankful for you, Bob.
1: Hey, I, I, th- I appreciate that, brother.
0: You're welcome. I
1: feel the same way, you know, um, we, uh, especially you and I. We've known each other for quite some time. Um and uh, friends are important and family. Uh, I think that the number one thing I'm thankful for is the fact that I'm still alive.
0: Um, and, and that may sound
1: and that may sound you know, stupid or whatever, but I've got a lot of friends that just aren't around anymore, Ed. Um, oh, that's true. Um, you know, died at 50, 55, 60, 65. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like we were talking about Rick Trot, um, He's true. younger than us, and there he is gone. I, I just, um, it's, um, you never know. That's why I guess you got to be ready anytime time it happens. But I'm That's thankful true. to be here right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I so. asked uh, senator, um, one of our senators from Tennessee, what he was the most yep. thankful for, and he said his salvation. I thought that was a pretty good answer, too.
1: Wow. Do you think it was a political answer, or you think it was, <laughs> you think it was, was honest? I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. I
0: hey, yeah. I haven't seen of the Bible lately. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, Ed, tell everybody what our topic of the day is today, and then you've got a sponsor.
0: Okay. Uh, the topic of the day is the oldest and the richest people in Congress. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you about my sponsor now, which is Weigel's and uh, i guess you know i had this glass of weigel's eggnog here a few minutes ago and I, mm. unfortunately i drank it all but why this is a holiday favorite and you see the billboards up and hear people talking about it on the radio it's now available to all the family all the family christmas places at weigel's and you can pick up a bottle of weigel's famous eggnog you can get it different sizes but this is a real true treat i have to ship a couple of bottles down to south carolina every year for my daughter, who shares with the people there in the restaurant, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing. It's a it's a great tradition that Waggles has with this, and I hope you'll get you some Waggles eggnog and try it out. The kids love it. It's just it's really really good. I won't go well, into the egg part, but it's good.
1: <laughs> I, I, I I um a buddy of mine years ago introduced me to eggnog, and uh, he said here. Let me give you this. And I tasted it and I was like, whoa, that's eggnog. He said, well, I put a little something special in it. <laughs> well, so, just
0: don't give that to the kids. <laughs> no,
1: don't give that to the kids unless you want them or you want to go to jail or something. But um, <laughs> I think people put a little brandy or something in it from time to time and uh, yeah. make it into something else. That's All true. right, Ed, our topic today who are the oldest, the richest, the longest serving? Members in Congress. And we've both got the list. Let's start with um, the age because I want us to end up with the money people. Okay. Wh-
0: which one you want to do first? Well, let me look here. There's so many of them. Yeah. I guess the oldest is uh, Don Young. He's a Republican from Arkansas.
1: Yeah, that's in the House, the House yep. of Representatives. 87. 87 years old. <laughs>
0: God, And then Eddie Bernice is, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Eddie Bernice Johnson is a Democrat. He's 65. And, no, he's 85. Uh, 85, I'm sorry. Yeah, and and right. you think about 85. this, Ed, and, and I, listen,
1: um, my opinion is nobody 87 needs to be in the House of Representatives. Now, is that bad all. of me to say that?
0: No, you're supposed to serve two years and get out.
1: Well, I don't mind him being in there 10 or 12, but I mean, I've got a feeling he wasn't, uh, elected when he was 85. No, no. Um, I mean, that's just 87. Here's, a, a Alki Hastings, uh, 84. There's three that are 84. Grace Napolitano uh, from California and Bill Pascrell from New Jersey, they're both, they're all 84. Um, hey, here's that Maxine Waters that we hear about all the time. Right. I, I didn't know she was 82.
0: <laughs> Good, grief. Good grief.
1: What else you got? Well,
0: I was looking on the Senate side here. There's Diane Feinstein. Yeah. She's uh, 87. She ran for president once, didn't she? Yeah, kinda. She's in California, of course. Chuck yeah. Grassley, who's a Republican in uh, in the Senate, he's pretty vocal. He's eighty seven too. And then down in Alabama, there's Richard Shelby, Republican. He's eighty six. Wow.
1: And um, Oklahoma's got Jim and Hofi, eighty six years old. I just, I just, I'm swear, um, I just think it. You, you should make way. There's nobody in my mind that should be 75 or older in the Senate because right? I know some people will say, "Wait a minute, um, we need to make way for younger people and new ideas." Just get the hell out of the way, uh, in my opinion. So, um, what are you? What's your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I think that's true. I, I'm counting about 20 people who are in their 80s and 70s in the Senate. So, yeah. That's that's amazing. And then then there must be thirty in their sixties, so there's not many younger people in there. I was looking to see which who's the youngest. Here's one so Marsha
1: Blackburn from Tennessee where we live is sixty-eight. Hmm. Um and Haggerty is sixty
0: one. Yeah. Josh Hawley of the Republican, he's forty one years old. He just barely got the age in there, didn't he?
1: <laughs> well, I think you have to be, what, 35?
0: 36, something like that, or yeah.
1: Some, well, here's a 33-year-old, so wow. it must be 30. Yeah, it must be. John Ossoff from Georgia is in the Senate, he's 33 years old.
0: Wow. That can't be right, is it? I don't know. It doesn't sound right.
1: Only two senators, and I thought woman was um no i guess that's right john ossoff a democrat 33 years old in the u.s senate who was the youngest in the house did you see
0: let me look all right uh let's see in the house of representatives it looks like uh well oh, you got it? That's they that got
1: from Georgia? Madison Madison Cawthorn. Oh, okay. A Republican, twenty-five years old.
0: Huh? You have to be uh, twenty-five
1: to run, don't you? And, well yeah, I think you're right. And then that AOC, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, she's thirty-one. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Um, wow. I mean it but I'm looking through here most of them majority are between 35 and 60 Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of 61's in there and so forth Uh, but um, I don't know I'm sorry if you're 75 or older make way for these younger people and like you said it looks like there's 20 or more in the house that are older than 75 and then in the Senate, it looks like about the same thing They're mm-hmm. That age or older. That's true. Wow. All right, let's get into some money then. People okay. that have the most money that are in Congress. So well, uh, it's a long, uh, long list. <laughs> but, yeah, you're right. You want to start uh, number well, 10 and work some, up, or what do you want uh, to do?
0: Well, I just picked out some. Okay. I thought was interesting. Go ahead. The uh, Carolyn Maloney, uh-huh. she's a Democrat from New York. She started out her political career as a legislative staffer in Albany, New York in, the, in 1970. Then right. she married Goldman Sachs investment banker Clifford Maloney. Oh, my and God. And then she went on to a highly successful run with his private investment firm. But mm. he died attempting to climb the world's sixth highest mountain in Tibet. But her inheritance is mostly invested in prime real estate that generates more than three hundred sixty-five thousand in rental income. Wow! There you go, Bob. Wow! So uh, this you talk about climbing the ladder. This girl climbed the ladder, didn't she?
1: Well, some people, you know, some people are in the right place at the right time. I guess you could say, and. Um, that sounds like she definitely
0: was. And then you have good old Senator Mitch McConnell from Clear. Kentucky. Oh, go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, he, he lists he lists only $786,000 in assets entirely on his own. But his mm-hmm. wealth is overwhelmingly thanks to his wife. She's the transportation secretary, Elaine yeah. Chao. Ten years ago, the couple received a $5 million gift from her father, James. soon after the death of her mother Uh, after immigrating in the 60s the senator's father-in-law founded a successful international trading company now called the foremost group specializing in importing chinese-made goods to the united states so the couple's biggest investments are a trio of one million dollar plus vanguard index funds and she's also paid at least 1.3 million for her time on boards of both wells fargo and news corporation
1: and you think they don't get information before us?
0: Well, sure they do. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The longest serving House Democratic leader is Pelosi. Well, she's in the news every day. Says, listen to this. She had never had a salary for a job until she was elected to Congress. Mm. Um, she... Um, Her her husband, Paul owns and operates financial leasing services a California real estate and venture capital investment consulting firm. Their holdings include property at least $23 million in Napa Valley. Um, He's invested heavily of their money in Apple, Disney, Comcast, and Facebook. they have, uh, anyway, she's, they're worth somewhere to the tune of $16 million. And I think that's just on paper. I think the reality is f- far higher than well, that.
0: absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll bet it's tremendous what the, she gets for a speech. And that's, that's where a lot of these people raise a lot of money. Cause you know, I remember Bill Clinton getting, what was it? $5 million for a speech to some foreign group. Uh, oh, it, it,
1: no, he would get um, 50 million.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just he'd go Bill to Clinton.
1: Saudi Arabia and uh, speak for 50 million. And he was also uh, uh, the Saudi Arabian uh, sheiks and stuff. He was a financial consultant for them. Now, why would they need Bill Clinton to give him financial
0: consultant? <laughs> it just they, a can,
1: they can it burn just a- money and still have more than uh, anybody else.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right, let's
1: do the top 10 here, Ed. Number 10 is Di- Senator Dianne Feinstein. She's worth uh, right at uh, $60 million. She's the oldest senator. Um, how did she... Let's see. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Her husband is Richard Bloom, the chairman and president of Bloom Capital, yeah. an equity investment and management firm. I'm kind of seeing a a thread here, Ed. Yeah, do you? They they're all to, same thing. You're not thing. supposed
0: to handle those things.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, they own a one million dollar plus condominium in Hawaii. Oh man. Um, you want to do number nine? You got it. You want me to? No, do? you go ahead. Senator Richard Blumenthal. Yeah. Uh, did you redo him? I'm trying to remember. He um, didn't. He's worth a seventy million. Um he is married to cynthia malkin the daughter of manhattan commercial real estate magnate peter malkin so he he as well married into a little bit of that cash um number eight representative Vern buchanan he is worth 73 million um he is one of the richest car dealers in the country. You know those car dealers. Yeah. Uh, He also owns American Speedy Printing with more than 730 franchises. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, car dealerships make a little money. Number, um, let's see, seven here is Senator Mark Warner.
0: The richest
1: senator, Warner made a killing as a venture capitalist before he turned 40.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: He uh, put a lot of his money in Nextel, which blossomed to one of the biggest wireless service providers, and eventually swallowed up by Sprint. He and founded Columbia Capital. You don't think he knew something was going on before that happened?
0: Well, well, of course he did.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Number six, Representative John Delaney. he is worth $92 million. <laughs> He's the son of an electrician, graduated from Georgetown, has a medical services company, and then they sold it to Healthcare Financial Partners. Um, and he still has a stake in it. It went public. Um, he uh, was the youngest CEO in the history of the New York Stock Exchange.
0: Amazing. Just amazing. Amazing.
1: Um, Let's see here as we work our way up the list, Ed. Number five is Representative Michael McCall from Texas. Um, his wife is the daughter of McC- Lowry Mays, the founder of San Antonio based Clear Channel Communications. You ever hear of Clear Channel, Ed? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's, um, and now it's the largest owner of radio stations in the country, iHeart Communications. Yeah. He wow. is worth $113 million.
0: Wow.
1: Hmm. Why would you even bother being in Congress then? Um, number four oh, is Representative would. Dave Trott. Um, he became a titan in the home foreclosure business, foreclosing on people in Detroit. Hmm. Um, he has Trott and Trot, uh, a real estate company with over 1,800 employees. Um Loan money to people and then when it went bad he would foreclose on them there
0: you go sounds like
1: a, sounds like a fun guy yeah he's a happy
0: camper number three
1: number three is jared Pol polis i've never heard of these people he's from colorado richest democrat on the hill he um he was uh, in the house then uh, five terms as governor he founded the American Information System, a web hosting company. Then he co-founded BlueMountain.com, a greeting card company. Then Pro ProFlowers uh, opened a chain of movie theaters to Spanish-speaking audiences only. Hmm. He uh, is worth half million. The number two. Ta-da. Representative Greg Guillaforte from Montana. Montana montaner uh, he uh let's see he uh, made it his money in technology and data and analytics uh he founded Brightwork network a software company sold it for 10 million to mcafee then he moved to montana founded right now technologies sold that to oracle for 1.5 billion mm-hmm. tough life and the number one ed do you know who it is ta-da, ta-da,
0: ta-da, who?
1: Representative Daryl Issa from California, Uh the richest member in Congress, Um, after being charged but never convicted as a young man in two car theft cases, he invested $7,000 and got loans from his family in a struggling consumer electronics business in the early 80s. And within a few years, he transformed his holdings into DEI, moved to California, take a surge in auto thefts and unveil the enormously popular viper car alarm
0: mm. uh
1: he is worth 283 million dollars so after he stole some cars he he made some he, money <laughs> he made some money keeping other people from stealing them
0: Oh, god, like, oh, oh man.
1: boy. all right well, so
0: god bless them that's all i can say well, uh,
1: should, uh, should you have anything to do with your wealth if you're in Congress? Now, they say, oh, I don't do any trading or stuff like that. But you know good and well when they go to dinner with their people, whoever their people are, that they talk about this stuff.
0: Well, sure they do. And they learn the inside way to go with stock. And that's, what, that's what's so important there. So it's just, that's just part of it. You know, we go to dinner
1: when you're, when you and I are talking,
0: but yeah. let
1: me, let me tell you what you need to do if this happens. Exactly. Well, actually
0: you've given me advice I, on stocks before. So I have, Yeah, yeah.
1: I've helped you lose money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, tell everybody what's coming up. Then uh, I got a sponsor.
0: Okay. Coming up, we've got our mailbox and some complaints. Somebody's not happy. So I just mm-hmm. want to give them a chance to talk it out. All right, and
1: my uh, sponsor is uh, Ben Lucky, as you know, and uh, they are, boy, this is their time of year. Everybody's down there saving some money as you buy for Christmas. They're 4426 Middlebrook Pike, um, and here's how it works at Ben Lucky. They have all these bins throughout the store, and uh, on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, they have just truckloads that back up to the back door, and these are the things that are returned to Lowe's and Home Depot and Amazon. Those things are not resold. They're uh, wholesaled out, and people like Ben Lucky buy them. So they put them in these bins, and then they open up on Friday, and everything in the store is only eight dollars. Then on Saturday it's six dollars. Sunday, four dollars, Monday, two dollars. Until Tuesday, everything's a dollar if anything is left. Then Wednesday and Thursday, they close, they restock, more trucks come in, and they start all over again. So it's the perfect time for you to save some money about this time of the year as if you want, because everything's brand new. None of this is used stuff. It's all brand new that's been returned. They just don't put it back out in the shop, uh, the, uh, stores. So if you want to go by there, they're on Middlebrook Pike, across from the KUB substation there, go in there and tell them that Ed and Bob, like to be lucky, and now uh, you can <laughs> have been lucky.
0: Been lucky. There you go. There, there you go. All right, Ed, open the smell box. All right, here we go. Let's see. This is from Kenny down in Jupiter, Florida. Ooh. Bob, is life easier than 50 years ago, or is it harder?
1: You know, um, it's probably harder to get some things done Years ago. However, I, I I tend to almost start thinking that sometimes our quality of life, as far as peace and quiet and sound mind, was better back then because now everything's all the time. They can, you can be text all the time. They can call you all the time. I don't care if you're in the yard, you got that phone in your pocket. They can call you. They can call you in your car. You can't get away from stuff. There's no that when used to you and i you know when we worked at the station we were out selling or something in your car before they had car phones that was time for you to think Mm -hmm. and have some peace and quiet now so i but do we get more things done now maybe so but is it worth it what's your thing what do you think
0: well i agree with you i think i think life was a little bit more easier back 50 years ago Except during the wars and things like that, like World War II, but mm-hmm. it, it it you know it was a lot slower, and you didn't have this fast world, fast communication thing going on. Uh, you know, when Donald Trump says something, it didn't it wasn't plastered everywhere fifty years ago. <laughs> so it, it, I think it was a little easier. You you had time to think about other things like your family and stuff and what your future might hold. So. You know, and you didn't
1: you. have an overload of news either. I mean, when you came no, home, no. you read the paper. I used to deliver the paper. The paper would deliver And then maybe you watched the, the news at 6.30, uh, Walter Cronkite or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the news. It wasn't a constant bombardment all day long of news.
0: That's true. And I'm not sure it's a, it's good for us. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think it is either. Not no. at all. So All right. Here's Lois from Butte, Montana. That's Mm. a good place to live. That's where the Yellowstone is, isn't it? In Montana. It's it's close, yeah. Yellowstone. Uh, Lois says, I think in the future there will be a a plague or bio-weapon that will wipe out half of the world's population. Oh, my. Lois, come on. (laughs) Then all that will be left are the rural farmers to start all over again. Any thoughts on that, Bob?
1: Well... (laughs) (laughs) that'd teach us a lesson wouldn't it well
0: it would half the population
1: (laughs) well I mean if the if the you know that would be ironic the farmers are just out there taking it easy growing the crops got the cattle and all that stuff and wearing boots and they're dirty and they dust them off they come into the house and they sit down around the dinner table with their family um all of a sudden, they're starting the whole world all over again. It's kind of a crazy thought.
0: What do you think? Make a good movie. I don't think it would go that far, though. I really don't. I think uh, I think the bomb weapon would wipe out not just half the world's population with the bombs and things. I think there'd just be very few people, if any, left. So, What if yeah. you
1: were like the last... Few oh, hundred gosh. people on the on the in on the planet. That
0: would be Oh, I would be unhappy at all. That's not <laughs> You wouldn't be able to get your Starbucks, Ed. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> You're right.
1: <laughs> no man. All right, hey, this hey, is don't... Ed. Ed and Bob's show. Um now let's move along here and get to, uh some complaints in. Ed's got one that uh, he'll share with us.
0: Well, it's you know, we're coming up to the holiday season and it's a good time to think about this and I'm really talking to retailers in particular, because when you go in the store, you buy something, chances are when they hand you your change or give you your product, you say, thank you. But the the clerk never says thank you. Mm. They don't say thank you for your business. And you know, it's like at uh, Starbucks, they say, there you go. Now everybody's there you go. There you go. Bob started (laughs) that years ago. So it's, you know, I think it's a good time for us to Kind of revolve around saying thank you and being polite. God knows politics is just terrible now, and so it's it's not be that way with each other during the holidays. Let's be thankful, thank you for what you do, and uh, let's take a take a look at it. Okay.
1: Well, that's a good lesson right there, Mr. Brantley. Okay. We need a lot more thank yous and pleases, don't we?
0: Yes, we do.
1: You know, uh, the, <laughs> you remember Captain Kangaroo?
0: oh yes <laughs> he
1: used to sing a song called there are three little magic words that will open any door with ease one little word is uh no it's two little magic words one little word is thanks and the other little word is please, please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man where's captain kangaroo when we need him mr Branley? got that right all right, I've got some complaining to do. And you know, I actually was talking to somebody about this today. They said um and, and no offense to the people that are in office, although well we've got some elected officials right now that locally, statewide, nationally that don't have a clue. I mean, I know we got one one person elected statewide that cannot balance their checkbook, I promise you. And yet mm. they're work they're b- voting on your budget. But anyway, we do not. We cannot get very few successful people in life run for office. They're either career politicians that know how to get elected. Um, because a successful person, if you try to run now, they will make up stuff to attack you with. Oh, They'll absolutely, and make you up of anything.
0: Difference. Yeah just call you all kinds of names and everything. It's awful. Yep.
1: So why and I asked a person who was successful uh, about this the other day we were talking about, it. I said, you're a successful business person. You've been in banking all your life. You, you've made a lot of money. You, you know how to get things done. You own businesses. Why don't you run for office? And he said, are you kidding me? <laughs> he said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject my family to that. for." No- and and I, I understand that. I mean, I, yeah. com- I completely understand that. And, and I'm, I disagreed with him because he was right. Yeah, that's right. Why would you want to even think about doing that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, uh, why, well, how are we ever going to get good people willing to run? Yeah. How can we get good people to
0: run for office? Well, I guess what I you, you know you asked me to run for office, yes, I did, and i and I did um, I had took forever for office. to decide, yeah Well, <laughs> it's not something you just want to do on the spur of the moment,
1: no, I get it, I get it yeah anyway
0: it it is a it is something you have to dedicate yourself to, and it's a long term thing you just don't don't go in and just but i what I don't like is. Somebody runs for office in a local race, and then they'll move up into another race, and then another job, and another job, and another job, and it's just a constant, constant turnover because they build that, they build that following, they build their, 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 uh, and they just keep moving up the, the ladder. Well,
1: they gotta yeah, find the
0: next thing to run for. Yeah, that's right. Cause you're limited, you know. And so it's, it, and I'm not trying to make anybody mad, but you know who you are. The people exactly. who are doing that, it's just, it's just, it's a joke. It's a joke. There's no way you can be, the, the, well, I'm not going to go into any races, but it, there's just no way you can be qualified for some of these races coming off well, the church uh, department. You know? uh,
1: let's go right to, uh, to, to the president, Ed. Joe Biden has never had a job. Right. Other than being an elected official, there's something wrong with that. Absolutely. That doesn't just because you 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 finagled enough people to give you money and stuff to run ads and you got elected does not mean you're qualified. No. And again, as I said, we got elected official right now from Knox County who cannot balance their checkbook and they're voting on your budget. All right, Ed, tell everybody how they can listen to this thing.
0: Well, the Ed and Bob show is available at edandbob.com, and you can download the Apple Podcast app, Spotify app, or the TuneIn app and search Ed and Bob. Be sure to subscribe. In Alexa, in your Alexa skill settings, enable TuneIn, and then tell Alexa to go to TuneIn. She'll say, what do you boys want to hear? Tell her exactly this, Ed and
1: Bob show. (laughs) And uh, if you want to comment, we love comments, especially if they're nice. Um, Go to uh, email us at edandbob at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm uh, Bob Thomas, KNOX. Ed is just Ed Brantley. And then the Ed and Bob show is Ed and Bob, KNOX. And we're on Facebook. You can find us there. Anything you need to correct or apologize for, Ed?
0: No, I don't think so. It's all my personal opinions, and I'm standing by (laughs) them.
1: And uh, I got a shout-out for you, Stan Cotton, who is the voice of the Wake Forest Deacons. Yeah, And Stan. um, Stan, uh, you remember when we worked at IVK, he was hired to part-time sports.
0: Yes.
1: A wonderful young man, went to Farragut High School, and uh, he's very successful. He's the voice of the I guess it's the Demon Deacons or something at Wake Forest. something like
0: that. That's right. Well, that's great. Congratulations, Stan. Look forward to seeing you someday.
1: Yeah, I hope we do. He'll probably come in for the holidays. So, Ed, tell everybody what the next show is all about.
0: Well, Bob, it's your choice. Flip a coin or decide. Burial or (laughs) cremation.
1: Ooh. Ooh. It is a, a big decision uh, for a lot of people. So we'll look at that next time and see. Uh, don't tell everybody. We'll see what Ed thinks. Are we going to grind Ed up in a grinder? Or are we going to put him in a box? <laughs> All right, buddy. Good to talk to you. We'll talk with you next time. I enjoyed it. Thank you. How lucky can one guy be?
0: I kissed her and she kissed me Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The room was completely black I heard her and she heard back, Like the sailor said
1: Ain't that a hole in the boat
0: My head keeps spinning I go to sleep and keep if this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful, I have sunshine up to spread, it's just like the fella said, tell me quick, ain't love a kid?